This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Now back to Riffin' with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we're back here again on this Wednesday night, riffing with Raf and AD. We have Coach Brown on the line. Coach Brown, I've got another question for you. Mm-hmm. Who had the best hands in Nebraska football history while you were coaching the receivers? Man, you you want to get me run out of dodge, don't you? <laughs> I asked the hard-hitting <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> no comments, uh, always a good answer, Coach. <laughs> uh, no I, I I I will tell you mine. I think my while you were coaching receivers, and I'm gonna throw tight ends there. Uh, number eighty six, you played tight end mm-hmm. back in ninety. Johnny Mitchell. Yeah, that'd be my Johnny pick Mitchell for best yeah. hands. Yeah, Johnny had Johnny was a great clutch player. Um, you know the, the the thing about Johnny's catches and i would say this about john bostick as well yep. john was a wide receiver mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, during that era as well i would say both those guys were great cold weather receivers mm-hmm. you know it's amazing when you look at guys who play in cold weather a lot of times you'll see guys dropping balls and guys who normally have good hands just you know they don't want it too bad uh, they don't they, they let the discomfort um, keep them from being their best. Those two guys were exceptional players mm-hmm. in cold weather environments. That's what I would. So I, I give them some kudos on that. I would say the purest hands is a guy that played tight end for us mm-hmm. uh, back in the late '80s, named Monty Kratzenstein. Oh yeah, Monty. Remember Monty? Yes, sir. Uh, let me t- let me tell you now. Just in terms of pure hands, Monty. He had what I call vacuum cleaners. Like he, he could take. Listen, this is what this is what Monty could do. Seriously, like you could throw a dead spiral at at Monty. And AD, you know my arm. I could. I, yes. I don't have the best form, but I could gun you the ball. You would throw it right? hard, yeah. And and I could fire the ball. So I would fire the ball at Monty. Monty would take those big paws of his, and he would with one hand, he would take. He would just catch the point of the ball with his fingertips. Mm-hmm. So that so that the ball the the point of the ball wouldn't even hit the palm of his hand. That's how strong his hands were, and how sure his hands were. So, in terms of just pure catching ability, no question. Monty Kratzenstein probably had the most vacuum cleaner like hands. Now, I'll throw some other guys in there. A guy like Matt Davison was a. Yep great clutch player who could make some acrobatic, remarkable catches. Mm-hmm. One for sure that we all remember, but that wasn't the only play he made. He made a, a ton of others. And then there were a, a host of other guys 
I tell you one guy that stands out to me as well, Coach. There's a lot of them, but I tell you another one that was just like, I called him the silent assassin, Morgan Gregory. Oh, good one. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, great. Morgan had great hands. And you know, the one thing about Morgan, when he caught the ball, you never heard it. Nope. If if, if a guy catches the ball and and, and you can hear it, you know, pound on the hand, you can tell that that's usually not a natural catcher. With Morgan, it was... You know, you could. It was just so soft. His hands were soft, but they were strong, and mm-hmm. and you couldn't hear the ball as it touched his hands. You know, Coach. Uh, yeah, he, Morgan, he did have great hands. And Morgan was the same way on the basketball court. I don't know if you ever seen Morgan play, but Morgan was an assassin on yes. the court too. And he wouldn't say anything. He'd just look at you, just like it was just business yep. as usual. You know, Coach. We got a question in here from uh, Ryan Hutzel. <laughs> Goes, mm-hmm. Question okay. for Coach Brown. <laughs> remember Ryan Hustle, Coach, if you remember, was one of our managers for years. Yeah, I remember. He Ryan, goes, yeah. if AD lines up 12 yards from you and lets, lets you fire up that old left-handed gun you've got for an arm, how many football does AD catch successfully out of 10? <laughs> <laughs> AD, AD ain't even seeing the ball. No. <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you. Let, let me, here's a funny AD story. Okay, AD, you remember this. So here we are. The runs. AD gets in the game. Oh, yep. God. Fourth quarter gets it, got him in the game here in the fourth quarter. We're throwing the ball. You know, Nebraska, We back then, we didn't throw the ball very much. We seldom ever had a 200-yard passing game. <clears throat> and so there was a, uh, a Runza advertisement that says if Nebraska throws for 200 yards in this next game, uh, three runs for the whole state. <laughs> Air Aussie. On game day. <laughs> So, people, they're, they're probably thinking that's a pretty good deal. We know Nebraska's not going to do 200 yards. Well, anyhow, we're, we're, we're nailing it, you know. And we get down near the end of the game. We're down there like 190, maybe 185 yards, something like that. I'm looking at the stats. I'm just kind of thinking through this runs of thing, and I'm thinking, huh, you know what? we got a chance. Now, Coach Osborne would put, uh, you know, our – Sometimes in the end of the game, he would he didn't really like to throw the ball, especially then. But from time to time, he would just want that quarterback, just to, the, the third-string quarterback, to get a chance to throw the ball. <laughs> AD's in the game. He's a young player. We got him in the game here. Against Missouri. So, AD, you're running an under route. Yep. I think it was. An over – yeah, probably somewhere around a 10-yard drag. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we throw the ball to AD. AD, it's chest high. You catch it on the run. It, it's going to be, we're probably going to be at 190 yards when you catch it. You got easy 10 yards in front of you. Or more. Just, every, send everybody to run, man. I mean, the, the, the whole place is standing up. We're heading to runs. People, people are walking out the stadium heading to runs right now. And AD decides. Instead of standing up, catching the ball and running, he's going to do a little ESPN deal, and he leaps for the ball. But he didn't have to. He makes the catch. He has good hands. He makes the catch, but he ends up he ends up uh, tackling himself because he didn't run with the ball. So we end up at 195 yards or something. I think it, was, I think it, was, it was 198. It was 198. He messed up by it was two 98? yards. Oh my yeah. god. 
That's even worse. Two yards, AD. But you know, you know, Coach Brown. It's funny. I go to Runza with AD all the time, and he never pays. Nope. So I don't know. Runza was not disappointed at all. Maybe maybe. constantly disappointed at Runza. Constantly. I always, I I always think maybe AD will get an NIL deal. You don't have to dish out all that free, free buzz. AD should have got an NIL deal with Runza. Yeah, Runza was not disappointed. (laughs) You know, he said, this is what he wanted to hear. AD wanted to hear. <laughs> he turned a routine catch into a diving catch, thinking it was going to get on ESPN. No, no show. No show. Oh, I, you know, you and Coach Brown, and I mean, you and Coach Osborne. Oh, I'll never, I'll never live it down. And we have a blast laughing about it. And I just, my, my reaction going through there was like, you know what? I've heard the roars from this stadium since I was a kid. I'm like, here's my opportunity. Just catch it first. <laughs> <laughs> but AD, you ended up, you ended up on that play where I found you at football school working for yep, me yep. on the ground. <laughs> on the ground. On the ground. AD, can we Every get a few pylons around here? <laughs> I'm like AD was my ball boy, yep. and so he, he I always had him kind of getting some things ready for the next drill. And every, I, was, I always had to look for where is AD? I can't find him. Well, it's 100 degrees out there, and you know AD wants some of that shade. He's over there sitting over there on the other side of the stadium under the shade, laying down and, and drinking water on the clock. <laughs> on the clock. On the clock. I'm chasing around for all kinds of balls. And stuff. I can't get my I can't get my ball boy to get any balls. For me. <laughs> oh boy, coach! No, I love you, Aiden. Oh, I love you, know, you I love too, you, coach. Man, man. it's a relationship you know that goes back so far, and it's one of those. Like I said, it's one of those ones that uh, Coach Osborne actually said it today on the Facebook Live, and you had some amazing words on there as well, Coach. Where um, where he said it's about the relationships, you know, the, the rings eventually get, you know, tarnished and the, the trophies fade, but it's relationships are the things that matter the most. And that's why there's that family that we have there. That's that there. It, it's a family. It's really, it really is regardless of what era uh, that you played. There's that connection because we're all family, you know, different generations, et cetera, but family. Coach, you're at Brown University, okay, then went on to uh, Columbia to receive your, ma- uh, your master's in hospital administration. And a lot of this I just remember from reading your book years ago. And as I was reading that part years ago, I'm like, hospital administrator? I'm like, I can't see Coach Brown being a hospital administrator. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just seems like just a fish out of water. I mean, although you had the, obviously the capacity to go to Brown and then Columbia for that, and there only anybody just in there. So it made it, so this part made it even simpler for me to understand you know, Raph, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but coach, you play, you coach defensive backs. Okay, you were a hard hitter. I know in college, you know, had some opportunities in the pros as well until you you, you get some uh, you know some injuries that took you out of there. But how did what was tell us about the learning curve of coaching wide receivers and tight ends, and then later when you came back, you coached running backs. How was that learning curve for you? You know, one thing that. Um, uh, I had the opportunity to do it with Coach Osborne when I came over from Brown as a defensive coach to go on offense. You know, a lot of times people think, well, you're a one-trick pony. And, you know, so if you play the position, that's the position you should coach. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that um, me going through that opportunity to coach on offense gave me a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. I I went from being a young defensive back coach to a to knowing very little about coaching on offense and coaching the receivers, but 
you know, the one thing that you really start to see, A.D., is that if you're coaching, for example, DBs, well, now when you come over to coach receivers, you know something about receivers right. because you've had to cover receivers. So sometimes we sell ourselves short hmm. because we don't have the actual experience. But if we look at the positive end of that thing, we'll realize, you know what, in many ways, I'm primed up for this. Right. I remember Brian Washington telling me, you know, remember Brian? Oh, yeah, B. Wash. Uh-huh. Uh, who's back in town now. Yes, I heard that. As a matter of fact, yeah. And uh, he, his son is a, is a really good athlete. And, but Brian, um, to, uh, you know, used to want me, and I remember Charles Fryer as well. Mm-hmm. Those guys would have me come out and talk to them about coverages and hmm. man technique, bump and run technique, all those kinds of things, um, they, they they would want me to share with them because they knew that I knew something about right. um, coverages and so forth. So, you know, I think um, sometimes we sell ourselves short. So when I went to the running back spot, you know, I one of the first things I did, again, I remember – Sitting in these meeting rooms with Frank Solich, who I talked to today, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. while we were That's celebrating uh, Coach Osborne's birthday, Frank and I were on the phone for a little bit. But I pulled out. I remember Frank because I was, you know, I was in the same meetings with him all the time. We, he was the running back coach. I was the receivers coach, and I listened over and over and over again. Him say the same things over and over again to those backs. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other so well as a staff because we were watching film together. We seldom ever had changes. A lot of staffs are changing every two or three years, a new different position coach. Man, we were together for umpteen years. Hmm. And so I listened to Solich over and over and over again. When I became the running back coach, I pulled out those old videos, and I called up Frank, got some more tips on it, but I remembered so many things that he said. It was like I was being taught the running back position for 17 years without even knowing it. And, by, and then finally, when I got there, it was like, all right, I know some things. I don't know everything, but I know some things. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, a much smoother transition than maybe I would have normally thought. Right. Coach, we have one more segment. If, can you stay with us for another one more segment for like 10 sure. more minutes? Well, Coach, yeah. we are with Coach Brown, offensive analyst from the University of Nebraska, and just, uh, like I said, one of those pillars uh, for the athletic department, not just in football. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Coach Ron Brown on Riffin' with Raf and AD on 93.7 The Ticket. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. <laughs> 